going on eight years ago, we accidentally launched the PESO model. And by accidentally, I mean there was no forethought or strategic plan to what might happen when people read Spin Sucks and found the pretty little graphic we had created. It was created because my publisher said, you know, it'd be nice to see this PESO model process of yours visually. So I hired a designer and had it beautifully created, and then we published a book. Fast forward today, and let's just say it's everywhere by means both fair and foul. From where my team and I sit, the PESO model is a total no-brainer, although we've been constantly refining and improving it over the years. But that doesn't mean it's always easy for people to implement. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. The reasons people can struggle with the PESO model and how to overcome those obstacles. If you're a communications pro who works hard, doesn't compromise quality, and gets the job done, welcome home. We'll share our tips, tricks, and stories, and together we will change the face of PR. Spin sucks, but we don't. With the Spin Sucks podcast, here's Jenny Dietrich. The PR environment that led to the PESOL model has changed a lot, too. Back in my day, <laughs> just kidding, I'm not ancient yet, but a lot has changed in just the last 10 years. I was just talking to the editor of Unfold Magazine about how we used to cut client stories out of the paper or magazine and use glue sticks to paste them into clipbooks. We were more scrapbookers than PR professionals. And it really wasn't that long ago. But that's not the landscape we're looking at anymore, is it? Not even a little. Times have changed, and a new model has been developed by clever people <clears throat> to help communicators of all kinds. Sometimes using the PESOL model can be a struggle for communicators, especially because it's different from what we've used in the past, and really from what executives expect. Let's get started with what they are, and then we'll talk about how to get over them so you can start implementing the PESOL model with great success. There are four key reasons people struggle with the PESOL model. Quickly, they are experience and wisdom, being so excited about tactics, wishful thinking and untrue assumptions, and lack of a big picture understanding. Let's get started with the first one. Those of us with many years of experience know that that can't be replaced. We're wise and we have an expertise that only comes with experience. At the same time, we can get stuck in our ways. Not intentionally, because we often know what works and what doesn't, so we stick with what works part. But that also doesn't leave room to learn new skills, add new strategies, or figure out which tools we can add. Even as forward-thinking and willing to take risks as I am, I struggle with adding new things, especially when we're crazy busy, I'm overwhelmed, or I'm overly tired. We had a client who will always be one of my favorites. He would come to our weekly calls with a list of questions to ask me, and we'd have really high-level conversations about what was changing in the industry and how he might incorporate those things into his business. One day, it was probably eight or so years ago, he asked me what I thought about doing some things on Pinterest. I told him because he didn't have a very visual business, I thought it was a waste of time. Well, he had a Cracker Jack intern who totally proved me wrong. Because their centers of influence, the people who influenced the decisions in school systems, were teachers, they were all over Pinterest. And it ended up driving 80%, 80% of their new leads. So what do you do if a colleague, boss, or client is stuck in the past and it's looking impossible to implement the PESO model because all they care about is earned media and media impressions? You have to hit them with the numbers. 
Griffin and I have an episode coming up on Agerson Leadership Podcast on this topic. While they may ask for media impressions and you do have to provide them, you can also show them what types of data and metrics work when you do more than earned media. Look for case studies with similar companies or even your competition. What do they do? What can you see has worked from the outside? Hard data helps you here. Did their page rank change? Did they suddenly start getting tons of mentions? Have they started to appear on the first page of Google results? If you're lucky, you'll find a published case study, but if you have to develop one, a little research will get you there. The best part of the PESO model in general is you can make decisions based on data. Communicators often ask me if they should be tracking web traffic and social media fans at all. Absolutely, for sure. While they are vanity metrics and don't mean anything as they relate to real business goals, they will tell you if something is working or not. I'm a big fan of showing the metrics an executive or client asks for and then providing the ones you can deliver through the PESO model, the ones that really matter. Another strategy is start small. If you have a decision maker who's a little gun shy about adding a totally new strategy to their communications plan, start small. One platform, one project, or one campaign so that you and they can understand it and figure out how it will affect the organization. The main concerns people tend to have is that something new will take too much time to learn and implement, won't be as effective as older strategies, or isn't as reliable. Sometimes they may even be right. And sometimes they'll have a crackerjack intern prove them wrong. It's easier to get a yes for something small and low risk than to implement a massive campaign. Sooner or later, everyone has to come to grips with what actual audiences are using and how they're behaving. Which leads me to the flip side of the problem of being stuck in the past. Being so excited about every new thing that comes along. I get it. New things are exciting, and every new thing feels like a new chance to launch yourself to the top of the market, move faster and smarter than your competition, and make waves as an innovator. That's not going to happen. Not because the tactic isn't great, and not because you don't implement it well, but because tactics aren't strategies, and they certainly don't represent a good execution of the PESA model. I have a really good friend who just took a new job overseeing operations in a startup. He texted me the other day and said, hey, my boss wants to know if I know any PR bullshitters to create some press releases. Oh. He followed it up with, and he'll only pay per placement. Now, he's a good friend, so I was able to preach to the choir, and he knows better. But this still happens. It happens all the time. In working with agency owners, I hear story after story after story like this, and like some of these. A prospect asks for a list of media contacts during a meeting because the other agency they're talking to started with that. A prospect said using PR to drive lead generation sets us, the PR industry, up for liabilities if we can't deliver. An RFP asked to provide the client with a weekly report correlating published results with impressions and earned media value. And another agency that doesn't work with said client suggested they focus not on a PESO model approach, but to build their website SEO by working on the keywords in the footer. Yes, working on the keywords in the footer of the homepage. Ultimately, tactics are always just steps along the path to fulfilling the goals in your PESO model communications plan. When a lot of the work that we do can take a long time to see returns, a new tactic that promises fast results can be really compelling. 
The fix for this one is to allow some wiggle room in your PACEL model program to experiment with different tactics. You know, like using Pinterest to build engagement with teachers. When you find something to get excited about, ask yourself which of the media types it will help you attain and add it to your strategy, complete with expectations, budget, time frame, and a win-lose scenario you can evaluate after you've made the attempt. It's like when you're trying to eat a consistently healthy diet. You can still have the cake if you plan to have it when it's fun and makes sense and doesn't disrupt your other plans, you know, like on your birthday once a year. Next, we'll talk about wishful thinking and untrue assumptions after this small interruption from, well, me. I'll be back in a minute. There are two things I want you to know about. The first is the Fundamentals of Media Measurement course that we just launched with Muckrack, and the second is the PESO Model Certification. Both will help you evolve your career this year as you learn how to measure your work using the PESO Model to get you there. The Fundamentals of Media Measurement course can teach you how to measure your earned media efforts, create a successful measurement strategy, and report on your success. It will take you about two hours, but it has quick bite-sized lessons you can take when convenient. It has actionable tips, step-by-step -step approaches, and examples from Jonna Burke, Christopher Penn, and me. Go to mrac.co slash spinsucks to learn more, get registered, and start your measurement journey today. That's mrac.co slash spinsucks. Please be sure to use that link because I get a gold star every time someone registers, and I love gold stars. And for those of you who need to evolve your career, learn how to integrate the work you do with marketing and amp up your measurement efforts, the PESO model certification is for you. Step up your game with an academically accredited PESO model certification from Spin Sucks and the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse University. Learn more about that by going to spinsucks.com academy, or you can go to spinsucks.com and click on academy in the navigation. And now, back to the show. And speaking of the PESA model, let's get on with the next two reasons communicators struggle with it. I love to tell this story, so you may have heard it before. A few years ago, I got a call from a very nice man who needed some PR. He had just had a meeting with his buyer at Target who told him if they didn't sell out of his product by Christmas, they wouldn't be able to reorder it in January. The trouble with his phone call and his panic was he seemed to think if he got a story about him and his product in a massive media outlet, such as the New York Times, he would sell out. Oh, and it was a week before Christmas. I felt really bad for him and I could sense real anxiety on his part, but I also knew there was no way we could deliver that. It's hard. I wish I could do what lots of business leaders think we can do. I'd certainly be a lot richer if I could. So rich. Heck, we'd all be rich. A couple of years ago, I spoke at a Vistage meeting, and one of the members told me he thought PR pros and SEO masters were wizards. He said, it's all black magic as far as I'm concerned. Of course, that's not true. We're strategic partners, good communicators, and logical thinkers. But that is definitely the perception. Strategy, communication, and logic aren't quick fixes, however. We're in PR for the long haul, and if you find yourself in the position of having to correct some really wild assumptions, the best way to do that is to use the PESO model itself and tie it to specific short-term goals that lead eventually to long-term outcomes. If you can demonstrate to a client, colleague, or boss that you have a clear path to follow to achieve their goals, they're going to be a lot more likely to let you run with it. 
I recently had to have a tough conversation with a client who has a massive dream, but completely unrealistic expectations. I thought long and hard about how to approach it with her and finally settled on showing her how, even if we reached the goal she had set for the year, what it would do to her business operationally and why she wasn't ready. We talked about how to get her there and what she'd need to do on her end. The annual unrealistic goals moved to a very doable but aggressive three-year plan. We could have gone back and told her we couldn't achieve those goals and move forward. That also probably would have eroded some trust and we'd have eventually parted ways. But now we're all in on helping her reach her three-year plan, and she's really excited about it. Okay, three down, one to go. Let's talk about the last and possibly the worst struggle communications pros have when using or incorrectly using the PESO model. Lack of a big picture understanding. Once upon a time, you had your corner of the world in one industry. You knew all the important people, the influencers, the competitors, the journalists, and even the jerks. Now it's that plus every other industry and every person with a smartphone who is even tangentially interested in the topic. It's significantly different today than it was even five years ago. And highly specialized knowledge doesn't cut it anymore. We talk a lot about artificial intelligence and how it will change the work that we do and what it means both for our careers and for the industry. One of my favorite descriptions of what this will all look like comes from one Mr. Christopher S. Penn. He said, you should think about artificial intelligence as a symphony, and you're the conductor. That means you have to know everything about the PESO model, how it works, and how to integrate all of the media types to create authority, credibility, reputation, and results. If you're going to be able to conduct your symphony of robots, you have to become a generalist in how it all works together. You won't actually have to do the work, which is, in some cases, music to our ears, but you'll have to know enough to be able to be strategic and smart and to make sure your robots are doing the job they're supposed to. If you don't yet have the skill set to be able to do that, or if you don't understand the big picture, now is the time to get there. The PESO model is incredibly suited for this industry shift, and you still have time to get yourself there. In a couple of weeks, Eric Schwartzman has a guest article running on SpinSucks. We have guests every Wednesday, so you want to make a note and check back soon until it runs. It's very good, and the reason I like it is it shows the lifespan of a brand as it compares to Maslow's hierarchy of needs and how the PESO model fits into it. The sneak peek is that you start with owned, add shared, grow into earned, and then add paid. This is a great way to think about how you'll add the skills you don't have. Figure out the big picture, what you need to achieve in the end, like our client who has massive goals and just needed to temper them a bit so she can actually achieve them. Gain the skills you are missing and be ready for the future. That's all for this week. Thanks for joining me today. I'll be back next week to talk more about the PESO model because it is PESO Model Learning Month around these parts. In the meantime, don't forget to share this episode with a colleague and join us in the best community of communicators on the internet. You can find us at spinsocks.com slash spin hyphen sucks hyphen community. That's spinsocks.com slash spin sucks community. I'll see you next week. If you're ready to change the face of PR, make sure you subscribe to the Spin Sucks podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating and a review. 